Alright, God bless you guys as always here at HNLC Studio. You're gonna catch me any time of the day, it doesn't really matter, you know, because I do the work of the kingdom. It's always something I try to do to help you know most of you all as you walk forth doing the work of the kingdom of God. You know, help strengthen you in your walk as men and women of God. You know, whatever nature or area of life that you're in, the word of God is always in a position to help you uh, through your various trials. Now we're gonna start this particular new uh, series. It's gonna be a three-week series of the time, which is right now really at midnight here in the USA. It's about one o'clock. We're starting in just a little bit early, but I want to bring this information to you concerning, you know, some of the things we're dealing with, you know, in our, just our daily lives. Most of you who are not in the U.S. see a lot of the trials that we have to deal with, elections, <clears throat> some of the, you know, participating things we're dealing with, uh, you know, for uh, the COVID-19 virus that's happening with a lot of uh, different men and women of God around the world, but we're going to have to continue to keep having our faith and believe in the midst of all this is taking place, God is yet still on the throne. And um, it's some of the stuff that we have to endeavor as we go forth in this life. And I believe, you know, within myself and most of you, you know, a lot of other good people I know I believe also that, you know, these trials come to test us. It comes to test our faith. It puts us in a position and it really, uh, it, it pulls us to Christ, make us pray more. Lord, what are you doing? What's your situation? What am I dealing with? What am I having to uh, endeavor as we go through this process and these trials? What do you want out of me? What do you want me to do? How do you want me to carry with myself? How should I present myself? As being, you know, all these particular questions we ask, and I ask them all the time. You know, Lord, what are you doing in this season? What's going on here? When we look at the Word of God over the book of James, it says, Greetings. To the 12 tribes. And the word of God stopped for it here and he said, James, a bond servant of God, and to the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. Father God, we thank you, we bless you for this time, this moment as we go forth in this word. You know, just really hearing what you got to say in terms of bringing some revelation, some knowledge, and understanding to us as men, man, woman, God, who seem to be dealing with issues of the things that's going on, not in the present states, but in the present world. Father God, we ask you for your guidance and your reverence and your reverence in Jesus' mighty name. We pray, Lord. Amen. This is started off in the first part of this particular um, series that we're dealing with called Trials. You know, the Lord God says, James, a bondservant uh, of God, and to the Lord Jesus Christ and to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. You know, the early church traditions identified, you know, um, James has been half-brother of Jesus Christ. You talk about the 12 tribes um, in a situation probably met in this particular letter to the Jewish churches living outside the Palestine area. And this letter was not just uh, intended for the Pacific churches, but it was actually passed throughout all the surrounding various locations and assemblies that were there in the Palestine area. And it was meant for them to understand the process of the trials and the circumstances that we all deal with daily life as we continue to put our faith and trust in Christ. You know, in this particular second verse, it says, my brother, he talks about count. That word I want to think about, count. Counting all joy. When we go through various trials. Now, it talks about various trials as they count it. Man, we don't know the number of things that we got to deal with on a daily basis. But what we do is understand the model prayer we raise up every morning. Our job is to continue to cry out to God. That's our Father who in heaven. 
hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. We're arming ourselves and preparing ourselves for actually daily activity that we have to deal with throughout the day, not knowing what it could come from or where it could come from or how it may come. But we want to be arming up and have the protection of God all around us in the process of these events taking place, whatever they may be. He said, count it all joy. Now he said the word count, and he said the various. The word of God speaks in the book of Luke chapter 9, uh, that particular 22nd verse. Starting at the 21st verse, you know, Jesus said something secret to his disciples. And as we went on to the 22nd verse, he said, I must suffer many things. So we understand the process of Christ coming here to deal with the Pharisees and the attitude, some of the stuff they had to deal with. And for that doctrine, you know, it really wasn't pleasant for him. Look at the wrapping up in the course of Jesus' work. You know, one uh, area in the particular scripture in John in the Gospels, he'd asked the word of God in that particular 14th verse. Well, he told him in that 14th verse, he said, Look here, you know, believe it not that I'm in the Father, and the Father is in me. If you don't believe me, then watch the work. So Christ didn't really understand what he understood, not that he didn't understand, well, they didn't understand the power and what they were dealing with in terms of him being the Son of Man. And Jesus didn't really pay him any mind. He just he just watched the work. Whether you like me or not, just the work is going to testify for what it's doing. So Jesus tells us the same thing in this particular area. We go in the book of James, Jesus' half-brothers. He said, various trials that men you have to deal with. And in the process of testing, it produces our patience. Well, what is patience? And the Bible says patience is a virtue. No man has never mastered patience. But when we trust in God, lead not to what we think is right. As it says in Proverbs 3 and 5, God will continue to direct us through our Psalms 23. And Psalms 23 said we're going to go through shadows and valleys of death and we must not fear no evil because he is with us in the midst of these particular times and trials that we're dealing with. You know, um, in the book of uh, uh, Jeremiah 29 11, you know, he talks about he knows the thoughts. He said he knows the plans. It is already known for us. You know, he was already genetically engineered before we were born. When we think about Jeremiah 1 and 5, before you go to Jeremiah 29 and 11. You know, he says in Jeremiah 1 and 5, he say, you know, before you was born, created, designed, engineered in your mother's womb, the gift that God gave you didn't come from any human form. It came from the Holy Spirit. And when he designed you to do a work, he designed you to be a fearful person in the things that you're doing for him. The word of God talks in Philippians 1 and 6 that he that begun a great work in you, he's the one that's going to perform that work until the day of Jesus Christ. So as we go forth, we got to understand and realize in our life, faith is going to produce the patience. I mean, patience says, just wait on the Lord. And he says, those who wait on the Lord, you know, he will, he will he continue to rise us up in the events of circumstances and situations and issues. We don't understand sometimes the things we got to deal with, but the word of God tells us just wait on him. And when we wait on him, he will direct our path through the Holy Spirit. He'll guide us in the all truth. You know, it goes on that fourth verse and he talks about, but, but let patience, now that word patience, as I said before, patience is a virtue. No man living has ever mastered patience since the fall of Adam. You know, it's been constant trials and tribulations that we go through in life. But God is yet there with us. I believe in Psalms 46, he says, that when we encounter these particular trials, he said to call on him, according to Psalms 46. And Psalms 46 said he's not just a help, but he's a very present help. In a very present time, and he's a right now God, ready to deliver, 
ready to perform and whatever we want. That's if we walk in according to his will, his purpose, and his power. Let's look at that fourth verse once again. Let's kind of look at some breakdown in that fourth verse. He says right here, if you are a believer and you're doing trials, the Bible said he or she will have perfect peace with Christ, having knowing that we reach the end of our physical limitations in the process of complaining and complaints, we continue trusting God in the midst of our trial. And in the midst of our trial, we know that he has everything in control. Let's look at this once again. He says that, you know, in the fifth verse, he says something about it in the fifth verse, he makes it very strong. He says, any of you lack wisdom. This is amazing. Lack wisdom how? God gives necessarily information in how to get out of trials, troubles, situations, insights on issues that may be bombarding and coming against me and you during the course of time of our life. Let's look at that again once in the fifth verse. He said, he said, but if any man lacks wisdom, man or woman, let him ask of who? God. Who is God? The creator, designer of the earth. The one who calls me and you to come forth in our human form, then we walk on this earth with the ability to know through his son everything and all things are possible. And that's what Jeremiah 32 tells us. Matter of fact, Jeremiah 32 and 17. Is there anything too hard for a creator, for a designer, for an engineer to do? The Bible declares, even in the midst of physical structure, he said he stretched out his he stretched out his uh, uh, with his stretched out arms, uh, he created the heavens and the earth. Is there anything too hard for him to do? He talks about the process that he created all flesh. I think that's Jeremiah 32 and 27. He still yet says, is there anything too hard for him to do? So we look at this and he says, if any man or any one of you lacks wisdom, then it's not through your university, not through your school, not through this and the other. It's when you prostrate yourself before God. And ask God to help you during the course of time to go through that calamity that you may be dealing with. Whatever it may be that you're dealing with, you want to call on him. You want to ask him, God. And he'll give you the very liberty and understanding without reproach. Knowing in the midst of the trial that you're going through, he'll give to you. In other words, the word of God says, we look at the fifth verse. He says, any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives all liberally. Not with a price. Not because you wrote my book and said that this is from, you know, you know, some people, you know, why well, don't wrote a couple of books, you want to buy my book? You want to do this. That's what that's supposed to be freely given. You must have spent your time to try to make money for the ministry, but it's fine. Ain't nothing wrong with money. The Bible does say money solve all things. But in the midst of you giving information, especially when it comes out of God's curriculum and His Word, which is the Bible, and all you did was just kind of just bounce off of what He gave you, and then you asking God for something in a way that you really want to receive what we call the money changers. You know, and you don't want to do that. You want to ask if God sets something up for you to give money to help out to a donation organization. Then you want to be obedient to God. But sometimes in the midst of you doing that, people get a little bit of greedy, a little like you expect it. You know, you're obligated that you got to give for Him all the time. But let's go ahead and get out of that situation. He says over in the sixth verse, he said, "But let him ask in faith." This is what's going to get you moving forward, man. Let's go to something here. Let's look at something in the book of Romans. We're going to turn to the book of Romans. Let's get something in the book of Romans. What in the book of Romans? Let's go to the book of Romans. Um, Romans. Look at Romans chapter 5. Yeah, Romans, Romans chapter 5. And let's look at something here. Romans chapter 5. We'll turn a few pages over here. There's nothing wrong with 
page up and make sure we get that good information to you. The Word of God says in Romans um, chapter 5, we look at that particular first verse, he tells them how faith triumphs in trouble. You go back over here, look at the book of James, you look at that particular um, sixth verse, you notice what it says in the sixth verse. He said, but let him ask in faith with no doubting, no doubting, for he who doubts is like the waving of the what? You see, driven and tossed. You know, I could beat Jesus up and down, no one wants to sure go off. That's how your mindset is. You're waving, you're wondering. Because when you ask God something, you ask him in faith, knowing that God's going to do what he said he's going to do. Well, that's what the word of God tells us, me and you who are believers. Over in Isaiah 55, 11, he says that every word that proceeds out of his mouth and goes forth, doesn't come back void and then accomplish all that he sent it. So the word of God does tells us also in Isaiah 55, 8, 9, and 10. That's a thought and plan for God that's far enough so we can even it's farther we can imagine even understand. First Corinthians talks about that in that second chapter 9 verse. Because what eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered in the heart of any man. The things that God has prepared for those who love him. And when you think about it, man and woman God, God declares according to Romans. Uh, 10, 8, 9. You say, what say about the word of God? It's near you, it's in your mouth. And when you understand that you gave your life to Christ, walk in the righteousness of Christ. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of the sinner, nor sit in the seat of the scoundrel. But his light should be in the law of the Lord. And as long as you meditate day and night. And then God begins to illuminate and give you the things you need to go forth as being his disciple, his conduit here on earth. You know, the Bible declares that he, be, he, he, he gives you shaking down and running over when he pulled into your bosom. And this is why we got to acknowledge God on every area and every circumstance in our life. Because we don't know the time, prison and when the Son of Man is on his show. But in the midst of these times coming forth, we can prepare ourselves by having the faith and believing in the midst of our trials. God is yet there. That he's not a God that he shall lie. He's certainly not a son of a man that he shall have to repent. His commandment has been given to bless us. He said he can and will not revert it. That's what he told me. So we want to trust in God in every angle and every area of our life. During the course of the time when you're out and about, sleeping at night, waking up, we want to put our total trust in Christ. And what God says on this particular six verse again, he says like this. He said, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. It was probably every wind of doctrine because everybody tell you this, that, and the other wasn't to believe in God. The fact that he's going to do it, but he got away. The word of God says, for let no man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. The Bible says he is a double-minded man. Unstable. Me and woman, God, we're not going to stay with you too long. We just want to break out the first half of this particular teaching on the book of James and just talk about some just some relevant stuff dealing with that particular six verse before we get out of here. Double-minded means a man that's divided in his thinking. Double-minded is a man that turns to make up his mind. Double-minded means a man who's just double in all the things he do. You can't trust a double-minded person. Old Indians used to say back in the day, him speaking with two tongues. Got a real grasp and understanding about how 
Trust it.